Welcome back to the Down to Earth podcast. As time has gone by and the world has become more industrialized and modernized, people have slowly began to lose touch with nature. Big buildings have replaced open forests, and most people are not spending nearly enough time connecting with the earth. We're excited to be joined today by acclaimed nutritionist and best-selling author, Liana Warner Gray. Liana is a certified nutritionist, natural food chef, and four-time best-selling author of The Earth Diet, Cancer-Free with Food, which is in the top 100 cancer books of all time, 10-minute recipes, and most recently, Anxiety-Free with Food, which ranked as the number one bestseller on Amazon for neuropsychology. Liana overcame many health issues through various natural practices, all based around nature, which promoted her passion for the health industry. Liana regularly appears on the television, providing health tips and recipes on shows such as Doctors TV, The Nick Cannon Show, Dr. Oz, and more. She has also been interviewed for Forbes, Yahoo Beauty, Bustle, U.S. Weekly, Women's Own, iHeartRadio, and more. Liana reminds us that we should all look to connect deeper with nature through our nutrition and lifestyle practices. Here we go. Welcome to the Down to Earth podcast. We're your hosts, sibling duo, Jonathan and Lorena. In this podcast, we'll be spilling the tea on all things health and wellness related. This podcast is designed to motivate you to take care of your physical, mental, and spiritual health. We'll be bringing on doctors, healers, fitness experts, business leaders, and innovators. Thanks for joining us in our mission of making the world a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place. Here we go. Hey, Liana, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for joining us. We're both really big fans of your work, and we're excited to learn more about you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Of course. Well, I would love to get started by learning a little bit more about your background and your journey to health. I know you have like quite a history. Yeah. So I grew up in Australia. I grew up in Outback Australia in a small town called Alice Springs. So from I went to an Aboriginal school. So from age five, I learned about Indigenous healing. And then when I was a teenager, I went away to go to university. And that's when I lost my connection to nature. And I started eating foods from 7-Eleven. <laughs> and it was definitely like... <laughs> A drug for me. I felt so high. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I would have so much energy and then I would come crashing down. And I quickly became very addicted to these foods, sugary foods and fast foods. And after five years of eating this way, I ended up with a golf ball sized tumor in my lymphatic system, in my throat. And it was 3.7 centimeters, early stages of cancer. I had a biopsy. It was a very painful process. And then after that, I was like, okay, I need to go back to my roots. (laughs) I need to heal. And because of my upbringing, I knew that we can heal the body with just nature, pure nature alone. And so I had that confidence already in me. So I went and worked with a functional doctor and a naturopath. And we did a major detox of, I was drinking six juices a day, doing colonics every single day for two months. And in three months, the tumor was completely gone, completely dissolved. And this was 13 years ago, cancer-free, no tumors, no cancer. I'm completely different habits and completely different feelings inside. So in a nutshell, that's my story. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting because sometimes it takes that rock bottom or that serious health scare for us to really start to take a look or a closer look at our diet, our habits, our lifestyle. And that's where that ultimate change, unfortunately, it has to get that bad before it can get good. I know. And that is the case for a lot of people, but you know, there's there's so much positive in that because it's then it's our really our greatest blessing. And for me, it really was, I did a lot of damage for sure. And it did take me a lot of years after that to be very consistent, to really undo the damage and transform my body and create that new cellular memory. But I'm really glad that that happened to me now, but now I do teach, especially, you know, young, young kids at schools and college kids and say, you can avoid hitting this rock bottom place because, you know, if you can avoid it, that's even better. A hundred percent. Now you mentioned that you spent a lot of time around indigenous people growing up and you observed their way of life. I'm super interested to learn more about how that experience was and some key things that you took away from the way that they were living that, that was so healthy. 
Yeah, I was just so inspired by the Aboriginals growing up in Australia and they have darker skin and, and my mum's like, these are the people of earth. These are the the indigenous, they have indigenous wisdom. She's like, you know, they they really know how to live and she taught me to respect them and, you know, really be friends with them. And so from age five, I can remember, we would go out on school excursions all the time and the elders would teach us how to survive in nature with nothing else but whatever was around us. So I found that fascinating and as I got older, they also pointed out that they, uh, the Aboriginals never died of things like cancer or diabetes or had obesity, right? These are very modern Western health issues we have. You know, they had to worry about staying cool and staying warm in the winter and snake bites and things like that. So my first grandfather passed away from cancer when I was 12. And I remember just comparing the nine years old, sorry, and then 12 years old, both grandparents passed away. And I remember looking at them and their diet compared to the indigenous people's diet. And the indigenous people, they taught me that if you can go out to your own backyard and pick food straight from nature and eat that, that that food not only has the most nutritional value to offer you, but it also has wisdom. It has spirit. It has life. It has God in it. So we're literally eating this high vibrational energy. It's not just food and they also, if someone was sick in the tribe, they would all come together and they would do a healing. They would connect to spirit. They would call it our God and they would do chanting and different singing. And then they would use the bush medicine. So anything they found in the bush that was appropriate for the healing and they would apply that or the, the, the person would ingest it and they would have a lot of healings like that because they didn't have access to hospitals or doctors or anything like that. And according to the Australian government website, the uh, Aboriginal people lived 60,000 years before white men came to Australia. So this is just remarkable. So we know that the Indigenous culture has so much wisdom. And so when I was growing up, you know, they really embraced me and they said, okay, sister, like now you go and teach this to the world because, you know, they don't care to come to America and live here and, and teach this stuff. So I'm really helping just to kind of pass along what they've taught me and how that really healed and transformed my life. And I know we live in a very modern world now, very fast paced, but their whole philosophy is, you know, live as indigenous as possible, live as natural as possible in this modern world that we have today. And it's so interesting because I think in our world today, we're always looking for the latest and greatest and the newest and what's the most modern, but there's so much, like you mentioned that wisdom, that healing wisdom that's been around for thousands of years that we we've ignored for so long. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that balance. You know, it is exciting, all this technology and all these new things like the air purifiers. You know, I I have to have air purifiers in my apartment because the air pollution is crazy. It's even worse than we think. But things like that are great. But then also, you know, balancing out with going back to nature and looking at what has already existed and what's already here for us. And it's just so much easier and it's in it in abundance as well. We don't have to, you know, force it. It just already is here and grounding, going back to nature, going barefoot and, you know, eating foods that come from the earth are so healing. And kakadu plum, for example, it grows in Australia. Kakadu plum is 50 times higher in vitamin C than oranges. And now it's just being started to be using in superfoods, like smoothies, like a powder and put into skincare products. But these are the things that the indigenous people have been living on and surviving on for this 60,000 years. <laughs> Absolutely. Now I want to go back a little bit to your story of when they found this tumors, and then you started working with a natural healer and a naturopath. How did that transition happen? Cause you were eating, you said like fast food or seven 11. So how were you able to transition from that kind of diet to a completely new lifestyle? Yeah, good question. Because that can be challenging to completely transition. And so quickly too, with the cancer diagnosis, you know, you don't really have time to kind of mess around and say, oh, okay, I'll give it six months or 12 months and I'll kind of wean the stuff out. I was like, no, I have to like change like overnight. So I had the I discovered the tumor and it just popped. So some cancers grow slowly over time and some actually just pop and form a tumor immediately. And when I remember when it happened to me, I Googled it and I was like, wow, I didn't know that was a thing. If the body's under so much stress, it literally can just pop and you have a tumor. So at first I thought it was a gland. And then I went to see the naturopath and she said, you need to go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. They did a biopsy which was super painful and it actually made the tumor worse. It made it get harder and it's, it's like grew faster after that. And then 
once I found out what it was, you know, I had three different doctors explain to me it was early stages. You can do surgery if you want. You can wait to see what happens. I knew that I wanted to go back to nature and heal using what I had learned. So the naturopath that I had found through a friend, amazing. She specializes in colon therapy on the Gold Coast in Australia. So I went to her and she introduced me to the, a functional doctor. And so they basically were like, okay, we need to boost your immune system. I could not afford the vitamin C drips at the time. So I just started juicing and I quickly learned the fastest way for us to put nutrition into our body is through juice. And it goes straight to our cells, straight to our bloodstream. It boosts our immune system immediately. And I had no energy at the time also. I also was diagnosed with chronic fatigue. So I was sleeping 18 hours a day some days. So tired. So my body did not have a lot of energy to digest food. And so drinking that juice was a huge lifesaver. So I would have a juice like every hour that I could when I was awake. And then that I knew like I was so deprived of nutrition. And when we're deprived of nutrition, that's when we crave all those unhealthy foods. My biggest craving was chocolate. So that's why now I always tell my clients, you know, what's your biggest obstacle? Let's start there. So for me, I I really had to surrender. And I had tried for five years when I was eating all this junk food, really binging on it. I tried to give up because I was like, I know this is so far removed from nature. I know this is not what I learned growing up. I know this food is not providing me any nutritional value, but I just couldn't stop. And that's when I knew it was an addiction. It had become stronger than me. I couldn't control it. So then all of a sudden I had the tumor. I was feeling horrible in hospital after the biopsy. All I wanted to do was go eat McDonald's and then cold stone after that. And I just sat there thinking that's only going to make this worse. I was like, you know, I really surrendered to universe, spirit, God. I was like, okay, what do I need to do to not crave these foods ever again? Because they're so toxic, literally killing my body. I was 21 at the time and I had tried everything, you know, every Monday I was like, okay, I'm going to start fresh. I'm never going to eat gummy bears again, ever again. And it just never worked. And so finally I surrendered and I really felt a supernatural energy or download And it was, okay, I'm going to do this for 365 days. I'm going to start a blog, call it the earth diet and eat only foods that come from the earth for 365 days. And every time I have a craving, I will make it or buy it, but using natural ingredients. And all of a sudden this light bulb went off. I was so excited. I was like, this is amazing. Cool. I don't have to give up anything. I just have to find a different way to eat it. I need to find a natural healing, wholesome, indigenous way to to eat it. And so a chocolate craving came up and I, I was like, okay, how can I make chocolate? So, and my father's a chef too. So I do think it helped that I have this, the chef gene. And so I started making chocolate balls with almond flour and honey and some almond, almond butter and cacao powder. And I started making chocolate peanut butter cups and it really hit the spot of my cravings. And then I wasn't craving the conventional foods anymore. So I came up with a recipe for every single thing I was craving. And this is how I broke that really toxic, crazy binge eating habit on junk food. And so I was nourishing my body at the same time with all these proper nutrients, but also fulfilling the cravings. And I was just having the best time of my life. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I'm I'm having my cake and eating it too. I'm healing my body. And so I continued that for 365 days. You know, the tumor went away after three months, but that's how I I did it. And now it's called um, a replacement therapy. So there's actually a name for it. And a lot of nutritionists and psychologists are using it. So replacement therapy is great. If someone has an addiction to something, you know, you can't just say, okay, just never eat sugar again, or, you know, never have this again. That, that really works. But what you can say is, okay, when this craving hits, here are some healthy crackers you can have. Here are some healthy chips you can buy or make. Here are some healthy candy that you can, you can eat, or here's a recipe. And so that really helped me. And then that created that cellular memory. And so with cellular memory, that's my most fascinating thing of science, cellular memory. I love cellular memory is when we create that, then we start craving different things. And all of a sudden we look towards fast foods and processed foods and candy. And we're like, Ooh, that looks so dead. And it just doesn't appeal to me. And then you taste it and you're like, Ooh, I just don't like it anymore and start craving healthy foods. So that was really my, my breakthrough. And I think there's such a beauty and if you're able to, and you have the time or make the time and actually recreating those recipes too, because I think 
we've become so disconnected, especially with fast food and convenience foods. We're so disconnected from the actual food that we're consuming. And I think the act of making it and, you know, being mindful of the ingredients you're using, there's a power in that as well. It really is. And I remember when I went to the naturopath and and I, you know, from the time I went to university, I had not cooked one meal for like five years. She was like, you need to cook your, your own meals. You need to get in there with your hands and feel the food and touch the food and, you know, put the love into the food. And and I was so young and I was like, okay, crazy lady. All right. Yeah. Maybe one day. And then, you know, when I finally did get the, the tumor, I was, all I wanted to do was make food with my own hands. And there definitely is a huge difference, you know, and the indigenous people also do that. They're involved with every process of making food. And I travel so much now for work. And when I'm traveling, I always choose really healthy options, clean options, but even the most organic clean places, I notice a difference. If I'm five days or seven days of not touching my own food or making my own food, there's a huge difference. And I do think it does change our microbiome too, when we are touching the food and and having a step in that process. Absolutely. And I, you mentioned that the indigenous people would do the same thing and they would like the food had more than just nutrients it had spirit to it. Were there any specific practices that they would have with their food when they were prepping it besides just touching it? Like, would they try to be in a good mood when they would cook and eat? Was there like a specific chant or like mantra they would say, or was it just the actual process of like having their hands in the food as they were preparing it? Yeah. I mean, it was a whole celebration of for the indigenous people when they had food because it was very sparingly and especially when they were hunting. So the men, when they would go out to hunt, the women would stay back and really prepare for the celebration of this feast. And they would do all of the things with the, the bush berries and nuts and seeds and herbs and vegetables and fruits. And then the, the men would go out and hunt for kangaroos and when they were hunting for the kangaroos, they really connected to the spirit and they were extremely grateful for the kangaroos. And when they did get the kangaroos, they would say, you know, thank you for your spirit and your spirit will live on in me. And then they would prepare the kangaroo and, and eat that and then let that protein and the spirit of that animal really seep into the cells and their muscles for days after that. So it wasn't like binge eating on, you know, kangaroo burgers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was very, very much a spiritual process. And this is also why, you know, a lot of people these days are going vegan and and such, but the indigenous people from anywhere in the world, they had to eat what was in their environment. And they did eat a lot of plant-based things for sure, but they also survived with the animals that were around them or the fish that was around them. And so you know, in the outback, I grew up in the center. So there was, you know, no, no fish, um, from the oceans, but they just really blessed the kangaroo and and appreciated it. Like nothing was taken for granted. And then the women would chant and they would do their different music celebrations with the food as well, by preparing it. And yeah, just a really nice celebration. So you can imagine how good digestion was right when you're eating a meal that with all that love and that celebration and the blessing and the gratitude that's going into it, just the most amazing digestion. (laughs) Absolutely. And it seems like, you know, just the practice of slowing down. But I think even if you're not a religious person, if you look at other religions, there's always a prayer right before a meal. And it's just that time to sit down and appreciate what you're eating, giving gratitude. I think that has a really big impact on your digestion, your health, you know? Yeah, it does. It's very grounding too. And it also, it allows the brain to kind of catch up to speed with what's happening and to digest it. So you really get the most out of it and get the most energy out of it as well. 100%. Now I'd love to speak with you more about the earth diet. I know that you mentioned that when you were starting to get back onto your wellness track, you were doing a lot of juicing and I'm a big fan of juices as well. And there's this notion in society these days, which I personally don't believe in, but this fear of natural sugar and things like fruits, uh, Uh. that people, people say sugar is sugar, even though, you know, as we know, different types of sugar are processed differently. So what kind of juices were you having and what's your take on consuming high amounts of fruits and natural sugars? Yeah, well, there's a season for everything. And, you know, I'm with you on that. It's when I was 
juicing, I actually was juicing a lot of fruit because I was eating a lot of sugar. I was eating a lot of refined white sugar went leading up to my tumor. And so I needed sugar to, you know, going back to that replacement therapy. And for me to have fruit sugar was way healthier, way more wholesome. My body was actually getting minerals and nutrients from it and able to digest it, unlike white sugar. So I had a lot of fruit. I had sometimes 16 nectarines in one day. I had four avocados sometimes in one day. You know, I was in the healing phase. So a healing phase of a diet is different, obviously, to maintenance. Now, now I couldn't even eat that. You know, I'm definitely much more balanced with fruit and sugar and my cravings. But some people need fruit sugar more than others at different stages of whatever they're going through or healing. And then now I drink a green juice every single day. That's been my philosophy since I've healed 13 years ago. I've maybe missed five days by accident. And when I'm traveling, I'll do a green powder. But those juices I drink now, they don't have any fruit in them because when I eat fruit, I like to eat fruit rather than drink it now. So I'll have fresh blueberries in a day. I usually have one or two pieces of fruit every single day. And this is also going back to the indigenous belief of you know, they had fruit every day and fruit was such a treat. Fruit was God's gift or nature's candy. You know, it was just so exciting, so amazing. And we need sugar. Our brain needs sugar to operate. And I know there's a lot of people out there, paleo and keto, and they're completely giving up sugar, but, you know, they're seemingly very off balance after six or 12 months and uh, they can become quite bitter. You know, I also believe in the spirit and the philosophy of fruit is that it's to enjoy the sweetness of life. And um, yeah, so, I mean, some people freak out about juicing, like, no, you can't juice. And like, well, then don't put fruit in it if you don't want to. But if people are afraid of fruit and, you know, if they have candida overgrowth or anything like that, which I had also when I was healing the tumor, but I was drinking so much fruit and still healing. But then now my fruit consumption and sweet cravings have gone down tremendously because now I am living a very balanced diet and my cells are very balanced. My cravings are very balanced. So the body does balance out. I do believe that over time. But I think people who are cutting fruit out of their diet are, it, it is a mistake. I do feel that because nature provides it naturally. And that's where the wisdom is. You know, Einstein said that, Nature is the most wise of anything. We can just look to nature and learn everything we need to. And fruit just naturally grows, but, you know, we don't need to eat copious amounts of it. My whole approach is trying to get people off refined sugar forever for the rest of their life. I don't believe in sugar in moderation in that sense. I don't think we ever need to eat white sugar or corn syrup ever again. But having fruit, sure, in our diet, that's a nice way to enjoy some sweets. Absolutely. And I think it's kind of funny when people go from a diet that's really rich in sugar and processed foods, and then you say, okay, we're going to switch you over, let's say to a plant-based diet and you can have fruit. And they're like, oh no, but there's too much sugar in fruit. I need to cut it out. You know? Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> funny memes about that where people are like they'll go to fast food restaurant and they'll they'll eat anything but then they really like investigate and put up you know when they're looking at natural healthy foods they really investigate every ingredient and like oh, I don't think this is good but then they never question the fast food so that doesn't really make sense right absolutely now when you were going through your health scare and you were changing your diet were you doing other therapies as well or was it just strictly your diet where you saw the most change, especially in the tumor? Yeah, it was mostly just my diet. At that point, I just needed to do the physical healing. My emotional mental state was pretty good. Actually, during that time, I was doing some foot reflexology as well. I was grounding in nature. I was walking. I didn't have any energy to exercise or anything, but I was just walking and doing breathing things. But yeah, it was definitely mostly food and I just, I was so toxic and felt so ill all the time. And my cells in my body felt so ill. And I did have a live blood test done and I was riddled with parasites. And that was horrifying to see. So I did start drinking bentonite clay when I saw that. And bentonite clay is volcanic ash. And I've drunk that ever since, you know, for 13 years. And when we drink it, it does absorb parasites and bad bacteria and toxins and helps take it out of our body. And the indigenous people use it to purify their body. Even the Native Americans, they used it and in India and Hawaii as well. All the natives used it from all around the world to purify their body. So 
big believer in bentonite clay, but when I was drinking the clay and the juice, I just remember thinking, okay, this is going to be my new body. This, this is my new cells now. And as I was drinking it, I was thinking, okay, new cells in cancer cells out new body is being created and my old body is being detoxed out. So it was definitely all about the physical for me when I was healing. Which is amazing, but it sounds like you were also very mindful and you were in a good emotional state, which I think a lot of people, if they're given a scary diagnosis, you know, they allow fear to take over, you know, maybe feelings of helplessness, which doesn't help the case and definitely slows down and even prevents the recovery process. So how were you able to like, keep your faith alive, stay upbeat, stay positive, and think more so about the future self that you want to be rather than having this fear of what might end up happening? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I really just naturally felt good and I just had this confidence and I was so young too. So I think that helped. I was like, well, I'm, you know, I know I did this to myself, so I know I can undo it. And I knew I had done it purely because of my diet. So that was very empowering to me because it didn't feel like something just happened to me. It was out of my control. I really felt like I was in control and I thought, yeah, okay, if I damaged my body like this and I deprived my body of nutrition, I created this tumor, I know that I can uncreate it and I know I can heal and I know I can create a new body. So that was the the confidence I had. But I think that a lot of people who get a diagnosis of cancer or something, they think that they don't have any control. And so that kind of leaves them nervous or having fear. But we have a lot of control. And, you know, even if someone has a really advanced cancer diagnosis, you know, all, all we can do is really believe like, okay, let me just do the things that I can do that I am in control of. And that's all we can really do. And then we have to leave the rest up to, you know, the supernatural, but we have a lot of control and a lot of power. So that is very empowering. Absolutely. And I think, you know, speaking to the mindset, I think that has a really big impact on the physical body as well. And that's something you can work on controlling. Yeah, absolutely. The body is listening to all our thoughts and emotions, which can seem scary sometimes, but we also have control over those two. So that's nice. I love the affirmation of, I have self-control. I have self-control. I have (laughs) self-control. Yeah. It's empowering. Now, what is, so what does the earth diet consist of? I know we've been kind of talking a few, a little bit about it, but what does it consist of? The earth diet is about going back to nature and anything you want to eat eating it and enjoying it for the rest of your life, but in a more natural way. So looking at things like, okay, what do I want for breakfast? A smoothie or lunch? Maybe I want a burrito or dinner. I want some pasta and just looking how you can get those things in a natural way. So by focusing on the earth and the abundance that nature provides for us naturally, we are going to be eating a very nutrient rich, very natural diet and staying away from processed foods. And the By doing that also, we're naturally more gluten-free and we are more in harmony with nature and our cravings and yeah, looking for natural remedies for everything. So does that include, like, I know you were talking about kangaroo meat. Does that include meat and animal-based protein as well? Yeah, I have a recipe section for vegans and then I have one for the meat eaters as well. So people can come and diet if they want to focus on more plant-based or incorporate but the principles with the earth diet, if you are a meat eater, like myself is, has, you know, has to be wild fish, not farm raised and definitely not factory farm meat. So looking for things like bison or kangaroo or wild game or grass fed beef or regenerative beef, pasture raised chicken, organic poultry, just really picking the cleanest sources. And there's a lot of great farms, especially in America that create these types of really clean meats. So that's, that's really amazing. And now for, for even those of us who really eat in a very clean, natural way, nowadays we are bombarded with so many toxins that, you know, even if we feel like we're doing everything, detoxing is also still super important. And I know that you mentioned that on your wellness journey to recovering, you were doing, I think you said colonics almost every day, right? Or you were doing them consistently for like a year? Yeah, I did a colonic every day for two months. So I did I did a colonic one day and then a coffee enema the next day. And I did that every day for two months. And my I really had to detox because especially with our lymphatic system, 
that is a sign that our we have way too many toxins in our body. The lymphatic system is the body's sewage system. And it's also connected to the gut. So my gut was in horrible shape uh, because also during the time I was binge eating, I was taking laxatives to try and get all the food out of my body. So my I lost all the muscles in my digestive system. I mean, it was a mess. And so I had to do a lot of restorative stuff and a lot of detox. And colonics are an amazing way to do it. I know not everyone loves the idea of a colonic, but it really can move out a lot of toxins and old stuff just really caked in your digestive system. And it goes back to ancient Egypt wisdom too. The Egyptians used to do it with bamboo in the rivers and they used to always detox their body. Egyptians were huge into detox and they even ate only natural things. They didn't have all the processed stuff back then, but they were still detoxing. So even if we are eating natural, it is still important for us to detox. And I recommend once a year doing an aloe vera and colloidal silver detox for two to six weeks. And you can just drink that every day with your diet. And that really helps to restore the gut and just move, you know, clean out the body. So it's always nice to, to keep up with our detox regimen for sure. And there's so many great detox therapies that are out there for us. And so it's just picking which ones that really resonate with you. And the ones that resonated with me were definitely colonics, coffee enemas, bentonite clay and, and drinking juice. Do you still do those things consistently? Yeah, I still have the one green juice a day, as I mentioned. I love that. It's just like a nice, subtle daily detox. And I do the bentonite clay. I drink the bentonite clay often. I just drank it last weekend. And then especially if I'm traveling a lot too, or if I feel like I'm, you know, in airplanes or airports or around a lot of pollution. So I'm always drinking bentonite clay. And then I do the aloe and colloidal cleanse once a year for myself, for my gut as well. And I do a lot of saunas. I can feel, you know, when I'm getting this buildup of like, okay, I need to take, you know, a layer of my skin off. You know, I feel like it's kind of built up. And bentonite clay is amazing. Also, it's nature's Botox. So you just make it into a clay mask and then you put it on your face for one to two hours. The Egyptians also did this and it sets your face muscles and you, you know, you can't move for one or two hours. It's, it's amazing. So um, I also, also do those things too. I'm going to have to try that. Now with the colloidal silver aloe vera detox, what does that entail? Are you just adding that to your routine or is there like a bigger focus on, on those two specific ingredients? Yeah, I love it because you just add it to your routine. It's so easy. And if you Google the earth diet, aloe and colloidal silver cleanse, you can read more about it. And I also have a lot of science on there of how it really helps your gut, also helps your brain, helps with anxiety, helps with stress, depression, all of that too. So you just take one ounce of aloe vera, pure aloe vera. There's only one company I found in the United States at this stage who make pure aloe vera with no preservatives. So it's like actually thick and clumpy. It's as if you were growing your own aloe and you went and just cut it and you got the fillet, put it in the blender with some water. It's like that. It's so pure, so amazing. So you can make it at home or you can, you know, there's some links there in my blog for that. So you drink one ounce of the aloe vera and then one ounce of the sovereign silver and you do that three times a day, 45 minutes before food. And you can do it for two weeks up to even eight weeks if you wanted to. And really just start to see and notice a difference in your, your gut. So yeah, I love that one. I'm excited for you guys to try that one. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely try it. <laughs> now, I'm curious what your personal diet looks like now. And has that, I know you said it changed because before you were eating a lot more fruit just because you had that addiction to sugar prior, but what does your diet look like now? Yeah. In the beginning it was eating. I used to eat so much honey, maple syrup, fruits, and I used to eat so much more food too, because my body was so nutritionally deprived for all those years, but I allowed that. And I was like, you know, I'm, I need this because my body's like building new cells and new memory. So that's what it was like in the beginning. Now it's very balanced. So for example, I mean, for, I love to eat super clean, like for lunch and dinners, I love to have a piece of protein with some salad or some vegetables, like a piece of organic chicken or grass fed beef. I probably only eat beef maybe once a month. I'm a blood type A chemistry too. So I just naturally don't really crave that much protein. And so, or fish, I just love wild fish, snapper, salmon, wild salmon with some veggies I'll do the green juice every day. Usually I'll do the green juice in the morning or the afternoon as a pick me up. And then, you know, on the weekends and stuff, maybe once or twice a week, I love to make some organic fries or something that's, 
you know, like a, a mac and cheese, like a dairy-free, gluten-free mac and cheese. It just tastes so delicious. Or I'll make a pizza, like a sun butter Thai chicken pizza on a cauliflower crust. I love to make those unique ones, but for the most part, I'm eating like an indigenous person of just vegetables and fruits, seeds, nuts, and some clean protein, and then having the green juice. And I do have chocolate every single day. So I have cacao powder and I, I used to eat so much chocolate. Now I just have a little bit like this morning I had a bowl. I'm traveling for Flo- in Florida right now for work. And so I ordered a blue bowl like a blue spirulina bowl with some chia seeds and I had some cacao nibs on there. So I am having cacao every single day in the form of chocolate or just adding cacao powder to a bowl. Or sometimes I just eat straight raw cacao nibs as well, just to get that magnesium and that serotonin going. And oh, cacao is definitely my happy place. Yeah. Cacao is incredible. I love it. Now you mentioned that you're traveling now and, you know, for a lot of people when they're traveling or going out to eat, it could be a little bit tricky to stay on track. So what are some tips that you have for eating out, whether it's like modifying an order, looking out for certain oils, how do you sort of view that? Yeah. So whenever I'm traveling, I do Google like healthy places to eat in the area. And I do some research and have a look at what their philosophy is and about them. And I choose those places, but then sometimes, you know, if I'm with friends or something and and they're picking a restaurant or we go somewhere, I will usually order if they have a white fish, I, I will never order salmon from a menu because it's usually farmed unless it says wild salmon and some places have wild salmon. So I'll just get a snapper or a white fish with some vegetables, but I eat, I don't tend to eat that much if I'm eating out because I'll make sure I'm not going there super hungry or, you know, sometimes if they have wild shrimp as well or crab or lobster, you know, not everyone can do seafood, but I look at that as a a clean option because that's very indigenous, you know, from sea to table, but I will, you know, at restaurants, they're mostly are using canola oil. So that's, you know, you can't really avoid that. And that's why we do want to avoid eating out too much. But some of these cleaner restaurants, organic restaurants, they don't use canola oil, which is great. You know, they'll use olive oils or they'll avocado oils. But yeah, typically I tell people piece of fish and some vegetables and just ask for the vegetables to be steamed instead of sauteed in butter and all of that. And then I mean, they usually do have a lot of dairy, a lot of sugar and gluten hidden in all these foods when we eat out. So that can get tricky, but I always find my way around the menu with just focusing on, on those things. And I think just not being afraid to ask for a modification. I think a lot of the times people think that it's a lot to ask for, but, you know, just have that courage to ask, Hey, can I have this steamed or with some olive oil on the side or whatever the case may be? Yeah, that's a really good point because a lot of people say to me like, wow, like I'm a bit scared to like ask the the waiter that, or I don't want to be annoying. And, and I tell them, no, like we need to normalize these things. Like Mm -hmm. you should care about the food and, and ask about it. And you don't have to do it in an aggressive way or anything, you know, be polite, obviously, but it's, it's nice. And it is more normal than not asking about these things, I think. And, you know, all the the food industry we have now, they've normalized eating the way that most people are eating and it's just not normal. It's killing people. I mean, look, we're in a health pandemic. America is the most sick and the, the most diagnosis and the deaths caused by diet than any other country in the world. So it's just not normal. So we need to create this new normal now. And so, you know, be confident at restaurants and really ask and don't be afraid of that. And I mean, I'm certainly not, especially if, if anyone you know, wants to give me any, you know, crap about it. I'll just say, well, look, I had a tumor, so I'm not going to mess with that. And then they quickly, they stop. They're like, oh, okay. okay." (laughs) But if you haven't had a diagnosis, maybe you could say, look, I don't, I feel so tired after I eat that or sluggish, or, you know, I have digestive issues or I have psoriasis and, and people will understand, you know, if you have a diagnosis, but no one should shame anyone for being healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned the United States and I think the U.S. has, it's like a over a billion dollar industry is the diet, the diet industry. And every year we get sicker. So you kind of have to look at that and demand those changes in the, within the food industry. Yes. And every time we ask at a restaurant or every time we're buying something with our money, that's our vote. And that is our political stance also. So we are creating a change when we go to a restaurant and we say, 
you know, can we, can I have that without dairy or what oils are you using? It really is making a big statement. Totally. I always say we vote with our dollars every single day. So like, if you don't believe in something, then don't support it with your money. And then that's, will create change over time. Yes, absolutely. Jonathan, love that. Now, because you were able to recover from your health challenges the way that you did naturally, do you believe that most of these diseases that we see on the rise every single year can be prevented and treated through the right lifestyle approaches and proper nutrition? Absolutely. I do believe everything can be prevented and I do believe every single thing can be healed, everything. And, you know, I've been now a nutritionist for 10 years and even people come to me with late stages of cancer and, and their doctors are like, you know, you've got two months to live. Maybe they have late stage, pan, you know, pancreatic cancer. And that stage, it is very, very challenging to heal. But the indigenous people believe anything can be healed. And that is the actual law and principle. I 100% believe that. So going into it with that, but, you know, we have to give it all we've got. And, and some people might go from the doctor saying, okay, you're going to die in two months to they live another two and a half years you know, and they get to enjoy more things and kind of complete things that they didn't really get to complete. And they only, they do that only because of diet. You know, they're going from two months to live to two and a half years with and day four pancreatic cancer. So really anything's possible. And I think if we raise our kids this way, it can prevent a lot of health issues for sure. I agree with you. And I think the body heals itself. You just have to give it the right nutrition and the best chances of being able to heal itself. Absolutely. And that's the part that's in our control is we have to give it the fuel that it wants, that premium fuel so it can do its job and heal because the body does want to heal. Human beings, you know, we're fighters and our, our spirits just want to keep going and our cells want to stay alive. And so we just have to support that. Absolutely. Now, there's a lot of people that might be listening to this and they're like, oh, well, I don't have cancer or God forbid, you know, like I don't have that. So why would I follow this diet? And I know you found a lot of evidence and we know that nutrition has a big role in preventing almost every disease. Right. But you've found a lot of evidence on the role that nutrition has on our mental health and our anxiety, which I think is really interesting. So can you speak a little bit more to that? Absolutely. Well, a natural diet and a diet that's rich in nutrition is good for every single human being, every single human being. It's good for mental health, anxiety, depression. My latest book, Anxiety Free with Food, became a top seller in neuropsychology. And it's there's so much science and research and that I included in my book of how when we eat certain foods, how it affects our brain, how it affects our cognitive function, our energy, our focus, our thoughts as well. Like certain foods can make us think really negatively immediately, whereas certain foods can help us have positive thoughts. And we can also reduce depression and anxiety and even heal them with diet alone. It's food is that powerful. And food is the most common thing that every single person has. Like we all have that in common is food. Every single human, you know, in this day and age, there seems to be so many differences with people. But one thing we can all agree upon is that we all put things into our body every day. We all eat food. And so it does need to be as clean as possible, as natural as possible, and as nutrient rich as possible so that you can just have a really healthy, amazing life and prevent it helps to prevent everything. And it also increases your chances of healing anything, any diagnosis that you have. That's super interesting. And I think it's important for people to really take that in mind and understand that anxiety is on the rise, right? All these mental health challenges that people are facing are becoming a lot more common. So there has to be a common culprit to that, right? I mean, it has to be coming from somewhere. Absolutely. Yes. And it was scary. You know, when I was researching for my book, I didn't realize it was that bad. And Dr. Mark Hyman also talks a lot about this, where there are some areas where they did these studies of people eating fast food and the murder rates are higher because it does create a more angry person and it creates the liver, a lot of liver issues, which creates aggression and anger. And so it's, it's definitely very, very connected and we can get anxiety just from food alone. And there are certain foods that are anxiogenic foods, which means that they produce anxiety and they're actually listed by science. This is anxiogenic. This is anxiogenic. So if you eat that, you are going to experience anxiety after it because it's anxiety producing versus there are also foods that are anxiolytic, 
which means when we eat those, they help to soothe anxiety. They soothe our nervous system. So they reduce anxiety. What are some of these foods? If you could share with us the ones that, uh, that are known to cause anxiety and some that are potentially alleviating anxiety. Sure. Yeah. Well, the top anxiogenic food in the entire world, I'm sure you can guess what it is. It's the culprit in every single health issue is refined sugar. So white sugar, brown sugar, and corn syrup. So that's number one. The nervous system freaks out. It also suppresses the immune system for eight hours. And it's also not bio-individual. Whereas, so dairy, for example, dairy for some people will cause anxiety. For some, it won't. So that's bio-individual. So sugar, though, is not bio-individual. It causes anxiety for every single person. It is anxiogenic, 100 million percent. So that's number one. And then also the bad fats, so the trans fats that are found in vegetable oils, seed oils like canola oil, so fast food restaurants, trans fats are number two in causing anxiety. Those fats, the brain, the nervous system, they don't like those fats at all. They don't absorb it. There's no nutrients in it. It creates brain fog and produces anxiety. I have a whole list in my book as well. And then the top one too, that's anxiolytic that helps to soothe anxiety is healthy fats. So omega-3 fats. And when I was experiencing anxiety, I went and had a blood test done because it felt completely physical. I was like, I, I feel like I'm mentally, emotionally good. So I was like, why am I having anxiety? I was like, I don't, I think it's chemical. I really had this feeling, this intuition. So I did this test with a functional doctor, Dr. Cohen in New York city. And sure enough, I was deficient in omega-3 fatty acids. And so I started to take fish oil supplements and focus more on eating wild fish and wild salmon and eating more flax, avocado, chia seeds, hemp seeds. And within three days of this, of taking the supplements and other foods, I felt way different in my nervous system. My brain was more focused, better for cognitive function. And so that is number one for reducing anxiety. And if you want to check, you know, you could do a blood test too. It's always fascinating to do that. And I recommend everyone do a blood test once a year anyway, just to see everything that's going on with you. And then another one that helps to reduce anxiety is cacao powder with chocolate. And so, you know, a lot of people seem to be afraid of it, but it really can soothe anxiety as long as it's not mixed with white sugar or dairy. You know, you don't have to have that. You can have it pure. But I'll also say chocolate or cacao is bio-individual because it does have a tiny bit of caffeine. So for some people, it can trigger some anxiety. But for most people, it actually really soothes, soothes anxiety and stress immediately. Mm. And I actually think you bring up a really, really good point because a lot of the times, let's say someone goes to their doctor and they're like, I'm having anxiety. I, a, a lot of doctors, unfortunately, won't look at your omega status or your B vitamins or your vitamin D. And a lot of the times it could be as simple as, you know, a nutrient deficiency and they're just put on medication and the root cause of their issues is never addressed. Yes, exactly. Lorena. So I say in my book, if you have anxiety before anything, do a blood panel to see your nutrition because it could purely be that. And Nutritional deficiencies is one of the top causes of anxiety, but not enough people know that. And also, this was probably the most fascinating research I found in doing my anxiety book was that all the research said that food and herbs, natural foods are more effective in treating anxiety than pharmaceutical drugs. Mm. And you will not read that for any other health issue. You will not read that for psoriasis or cancer or depression. It all says, you know, you have to do pharmaceuticals except for the anxiety category. It was, it's fascinating because anxiety meds have so much side effects. And one of the side effects is depression and suicidal thoughts, and it can really throw you off balance. So, you know, if you are on anxiety meds, it's not something you perhaps want to be on forever, but you might need it right now to cross the bridge, but start incorporating these nutritional things. And there are a lot of people that are coming off their anxiety meds now. And I actually launched my first product last year, an anxiety supplement, because I was taking like 50 different supplements. So I formulated it all together with a, a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical person and a medical doctor. And so it's called anxiety free. And people are using that and they're using this in replacement of the meds and they're having amazing results. I take it every day myself. It has 10 natural organic ingredients, ashwagandha, 
being the main ingredient. I'm sure you guys have heard about ashwagandha. It is so amazing. It's so stabilizing for the nervous system. It's been used in Ayurveda for thousands of years, and it's so great for just regulating the nervous system and keeping the nervous system being resilient so that when we're faced with these challenges every day in life, as they come up, our nervous system feels like, oh, okay, I can tackle this. I can tackle this. It's not on edge all the time in that fight or flight. Absolutely. We love ashwagandha. And I think it's so amazing because especially now we see anxiety in younger people as well. And sometimes they're put on this medication and they're on it for the rest of their lives. So I think doing that research or books like yours and other resources where people can actually request these tests from their doctors, I think that's where the change ultimately happens. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, you want to ask for an omega-3 panel and not every doctor will do this. So you do need to find a functional doctor or Boston, Boston heart labs, they will do an omega-3 panel and you want to ask for B vitamins as well. You want to check your magnesium. You want to check your vitamin D. Those are the main ones. If you're deficient in those, you will have a symptom of anxiety and the nutrition, the food part, it just, it really needs to be addressed in every sense. And I do believe in a functional approach. So even if you go on meds, you have to address the nutritional part as well. It's not something that you can neglect because the body needs it. It's fuel. And you are just going to feel better and just have a way better life if you take care of that part too. And it's not hard. This is the thing. See, I was addicted to junk foods for five years. I thought it was impossible to be healthy. I did not understand healthy people. I did not understand how I could never eat gummy bears again or cookies or how I could incorporate that. I was an all or nothing person. And I didn't know that health could be this fun and easy and to integrate it. And that's why I'm so excited to you know, teach these things because it really, it really does change. I mean, it changed my whole life. It changed my whole life and it's changed so many people's life. And it's just, it's such a good way to live such a good feeling. That's amazing. And again, your story is very inspiring. And I think for anyone out there who might feel hopeless or like a lack of faith in their situation and how they feel physically, you know, you show and prove that, you know, by making the necessary changes, you could fully recover from pretty much anything. Absolutely. Yeah. I never want to give up hope ever, ever. And I, I accepted it when I was stuck in that addiction. I was like, wow, I learned everything I needed to growing up to live the healthiest life, but I can't do it. It's impossible. And I accepted, you know what? I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. I'm going to be bloated. I'm going to have poor skin. I'm going to feel heavy. I'm going to be, you know, every day I was driven by my cravings, whatever I was craving, I went out of my way to go and get this food. And I just thought, wow, this is my life. And I accepted that. And that, you know, that's sad. It was, that would have been such a miserable life. And, you know, thank goodness for the tumor because that really changed my path, but people do not have to accept that they have to, you know, be driven by unhealthy cravings and impulses or, you know, be stuck in a health diagnosis forever. That's not, you know, that's not the belief of indigenous wisdom or God or the universe. Like that's just not what we need to do. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the times we've underestimated the power of food and there's a quote that I love and it's, food can be the greatest form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. And I really do believe that to be true. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, you know, if you're sitting here today, like, wow, yes, everything I've been eating this last month or last year or years, it is putting me on this right track. And we just want to make sure, you know, we're staying on that track of eating those foods that are going to improve our body and our brain and our life and not slowly poison ourselves. Definitely. Now, are there any other aspects to living life in this earthy way that you practice? So I know you mentioned grounding, but like, do you make an effort to spend a lot of time in nature or spend time in the sun? Or are there any like mindfulness meditation practices that you follow? I do. Yeah. I spend a lot of time in nature. I used to live in New York city for 11 years. And so I would live at central park. <laughs> I'm always finding nature wherever I can. And if I feel like I'm becoming a bit ungrounded. I will go back to nature barefoot. I'll sit with my back against a tree for a while. That's a very quick way just to really get back connected in nature and just get grounded. And I breathe. I do a lot of yoga, breathing exercises. And also the Aboriginals taught me also to look at nature. So, and this can also improve our eyesight. So I remember I was like eight years old and 
my mom was thinking I wasn't having the best vision. So she took me to the doctors and they're like, oh yeah, you should probably get glasses. And I was like, wait, give me a week. I want to practice these eye exercises the Aboriginals were telling me about. So I started practicing them, went back a week later and they're like, okay, you don't need to get glasses. So what, wait, what are what these they- practices? I need them. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. So, okay, I can, I'm looking at palm trees right now since it's not in Florida. They're quite close to me. They're maybe like three meters away. So I, you stare at, you stare at something in nature. It can be a cloud. It could be something in the sky. It could be a tree, but you don't want it to be moving. You just want to focus on that and just really stare at it. And you, you really hone into the detail of that particular area. And then all of a sudden the rest of the world's become very quiet and you're just seeing that that one thing and then you might so I might do that like three meter exercise and then I'm going to pick something even further away maybe 300 meters away like it's a tiny tree way in the distance and you just stare at that tree or stare at whatever it is for as long as you can you know you do it for 10 minutes and your eyesight like hones in and this is how they hunt also right they had the best eyesight and then you hone in on that distant one as well. So you do a close one and then you do a distant one and that is working your eye muscles. And when that's not something I really taught, right. Is how to work out eye muscles. And Mm. so so that's what I I practice. And I do that now. So it does, it keeps the eyesight strong and it keeps the, it keeps your brain just really quiet and it it cancels out all the noise from the rest of the world. When you just focus on this one piece of nature. That's amazing. I'm going to start practicing that. Amazing. <laughs> now, were there any favorite books, documentaries, podcasts, or other resources that have helped you along your wellness journey? Of course, in addition to the wonderful books that you've written yourself. Yeah, thank you. Well, I love Dr. Amen. Dr. Amen it has a great Instagram account. He does brain scans on people. So he helps people with depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder. And he shows that, you know, it's not you, you're not crazy. Your brain chemistry is just different. And he has a functional approach. He believes in nutrition. So yeah, I love his, his resources are amazing. And, you know, Dr. Mark Hyman, I've always been, you know, reading his work and he actually wrote the forward to my book, Cancer Free with Food. And he is, I mean, he's an amazing functional doctor and I just want to add my cancer free with food book is top 100 cancer book of all time. It's definitely the work I'm most proud about it. And it has all about the earth diet recipes and the earth diet concept in there. But if anyone's looking to prevent or heal cancer, definitely get that or get that for some family members, friends, etc. So Dr. That's a huge Mark, accomplishment. That's a really, really big accomplishment. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so, so happy with this work. And then uh, Dr. Mark Hyman and, you know, my resources, I really just, I keep them somewhat simple because there's so many people out there saying different things and conflicting things. But if they're, I feel like if they're not coming back to nature and using this like indigenous wisdom approach or a functional approach, it's just very hard for me to, to resonate. But I would say Dr. Amon and Dr. Mark Hyman. Yeah, Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of the times where people are like, show me the research or the resources that show that eating fruits and vegetables are good for me. And I'm like, Seriously? <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I know. And that shows us how far people are. Uh, they're not grounded, right? With nature. Yeah. Tune with nature. Their, their, their mind is really just connected to the science and all of that, which is great. But we want to have this. We want to also be grounded and have this balance. Right. Absolutely. And that was something else I wanted to ask you, because I know that you were in the pageant and entertainment industry. So how have you been able to find that balance between living a holistic life, but also being involved in these modern industries? Mm, Yeah, that's interesting because before I had the tumor, I was going into the film and TV industry. I was in the beauty pageant. I did a few movies before I got sick and changed. And then all of a sudden, you know, this was my true passion. And I was like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. This is my purpose. But it's interesting because now I'll get booked for TV. I just was filming with Access Hollywood last week in Universal Studios. I did the Nick Cannon show, you know, Doctors TV. So it's interesting when I go and do that kind of work, and I'm always traveling as well, it is a lot of hair and makeup and outfits, right? Particular outfits for TV and flying in planes. And the fashion industry is is very toxic. It's, you know, probably 
like top five, right? It comes after food and pharmaceuticals for sure. And I don't want to be part of, you know, buying all these outfits and dresses. And I think I definitely was seeing myself get caught up in that. And so I wanted to just reevaluate and be like, hang on a minute. I only want to support eco fashion brands who are, you know, really focused on sustainability, just like how I only buy organic, natural, non-GMO foods. I will not buy conventional foods to, you know, I want to support that. So just making those choices and yeah, I mean, I, I do travel a lot with planes. That's probably the most like least environmentally f- thing that I do, but I'm spreading, you know, a good message and I do try and do virtual things as much as possible, but all the, the TV stuff, I'm, you know, I'm starting to wear like the same outfits. So I'm not having to buy all these different outfits or doing renting them or having designers, you know, dress me and, and lend it to me. And the makeup and the hair is all natural as well. I always opt for natural hair makeup artist and then yeah I mean the workload is not always natural sometimes it's like 12 hours a day of working which I believe that in the indigenous approaches you wake up when the sun is rising and then you wind down when the sun is setting but sometimes I'm working like way over that so I'll try and have to balance it out in other ways when I can rest I always have one day a week of just rest and, and turn my phone off and so that's a nice like reset and then the other six days I'm putting out energy and I'm I'm working, but then that one day just to have to myself and just to connect back with nature and to receive, receive and just fill up my cup. So, um, yeah, that's how I kind of balance all the, the TV and, and the modern, you know, media type of thing. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you have a good handle on it and a good balance on it, which I think is very important. Thank you. Now, a question that we ask all of our guests is if you could have tea with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, wow. That's such a good question. Who would I have tea with? I love that you said tea. I would have some herbal tea. Hmm. You know, (laughs) I want to say Jesus because I just love Jesus energy, the Christ consciousness, anything's possible. It's unconditional love, total, total forgiveness. Uh, So yeah, I would say, I would say Jesus. I'd have tea with Jesus. <laughs> Good answer. I know. I always assumed people would say that as an answer. And then I think we got the first person who said that like two weeks ago. I was like, wow, it took a while for someone to say that. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. You picked a good one. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good time. Now for anyone out there who's going to listen to this, that wants to learn more about your work or potentially get in touch with you and even work with you, where are the best places to reach you at? You can reach me at theearthdiet.com, my website, or on my social media, The Earth Diet or Liana Werner Gray, my name. You can just send a message. And my website has more about working with me. So I do one-on-ones. I also do group coaching. And yeah, but if someone is having you know health issues for years, I recommend the one-on-one session. We have a session. I can create a customized eating guide for you. And then you can run with it, but some people I continue to coach every week, every month or every quarter, just to make sure, you know, they're checking in and and staying on track. So it's definitely a very powerful way to get the results you want and have a transformation in your health and your diet. Absolutely. And I just want to stress the importance of prevention and leaning towards that versus just doing something like this when you are already sick, why not prevent anything from happening? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah and prevent for sure. And, you know, you just read one of my books, whichever one resonates most, the anxiety free with food or cancer free with food or the earth diet, and just see how you can make some easy changes. Now, you know, you don't have to make drastic changes that are hard or expensive, just in integrate a few things. And when people ask me, okay, what's just one thing I could do? I always say, just drink one green drink every day. Even if you ate fast food, processed food for the rest of the day, if you having that one green drink every day, it's going to help a immensely create new cellular memory. It alkalizes the body. It helps prevent cancer cells. It helps move out stubborn fat cells. It gives you oxygen, energy. It just really keeps everything in check. So that one green drink a day, it can be a green juice, green smoothie. It can be a green powder in water, or it could be chlorophyll drops in water as well. I'm going to go pick up a green juice now. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I know I learned a lot and I'm sure Jonathan did as well. Uh, And I'm excited for everyone to hear this episode because I think you gave a lot of really good words of wisdom that we can all take and implement into our lives. Lorena and Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. I loved this conversation with you guys today. I can't wait to share it. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us on our episode with Liana. 
Liana shared so much valuable insight with us and truly opened up by sharing her personal health and wellness journey with us. The biggest takeaway from today's conversation is the incredible power of the earth and the importance for us to all strive to connect with earth through our nutrition, as well as through our lifestyle choices. As always, if you have any questions for us, please email us at podcast at drinkdowntoearth.com or get in touch with us on our Instagram at drinkdte. In the meantime, stay healthy and stay hydrated. Cheers. Now it's time for you to go out there and do at least one small thing to better your health today. Always choose to make your life a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place. Until next time. Cheers to good health.